What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tree Climbers Podcast. On this episode, we talked to Zach Martin, as I'm sure that you read in the title. Um, <laughs> uh, he is at tree underscore pirate over on Instagram. Um, how I know Zach is is through the other Zach, Zach Richards. He works at uh, LaRoche Tree Service as well with him in the training department. Um, but yeah, in this episode, we, we cover... A variety of topics uh, you guys by now know how this podcast is structured that there is no structure but it is what it is we talk about how COVID kind of affected our industry um, and some of the positive outcomes of that we also got into like cinematography and stuff and kind of nerded out about that along with training and employees and all kinds of stuff so um, yeah hope you enjoy all right, dude. What's up? What's going on, man? Not much. Uh, I'm glad that we could finally schedule this. I'm like, dude, since springtime and like now it's like nearing summer has started, my life has been a dismal array. Like it's, <laughs> I have so many like, you know, and like the winter time when it's like slow, I get like a bunch of ideas so i start like working on them and everything's so slow but it's like every year I, I like never learn it's like now stuff is starting to like catch on plus my workload is like tripling because it's the busy season it's fucking all over the place so i'm i'm grateful that we're able to sit down on this beautiful saturday evening and have a wonderful conversation you know yeah absolutely so man so firstly to start out i think this is so cool um you now work at la roche yep with with zach richards everybody listening knows knows zach um dude just tell people how you got to work there because i think it's sick i think it's really sick uh so i've known zach for like over a year now i guess just through the interwebs um mm-hmm. And we met in person for the first time at the Ohio Tree Care Conference in February. And then like a month later, he hit me up on Instagram and was like, yo, dude, like I'm looking for another trainer. Mm-hmm. Are you interested? And it was it was like immediately I was I wanted that job. So mm-hmm. just all the pieces fell into place pretty fast. And there I am. That's fucking awesome. And you got you got the. You got the same fancy title that that he got, right? Yeah, like, he's like super he's the, employee he's engineer, the director, and I'm the manager. <laughs> oh, got you. Got but you. we just we say that we're a team. Got you. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I remember he was first telling me about the job, and it's like this fucking six paragraph long title that he has. <laughs> yeah, it almost doesn't fit on my business card. <laughs> it's like a full ass sentence, man. You gotta like take two breaths to say that title. <laughs> nah man, but I I I did LaRoche, I'll tell you, when I went out there, Zach's had me out a few times to come out and work with work with the crew. And uh dude, I was kind of blown away by how like big of a company that company is. Mm-hmm. Hey, like he was telling me about it and it sounded all good or whatever. And I, I'm picturing like, you know, maybe I don't know, five crews max. Hell no, dude. You guys are <laughs> you guys are huge. I showed up to like this complex of a of a lot with like fleets and fleets of trucks. And I was like, wow. I'm I'm like he, genuinely mind blown. 
Yeah, and there's like there's like dudes all over the place doing stuff who like you never even see or know are there. And like we have the aviate, like we own helicopters. Like I don't know of any other tree company in the world who owns two helicopters for for doing line clearance. Right. So that's pretty legit. Yeah, other than like the humongous, you know, like mega like Asplund and and shit like that. But no, yeah, dude. And uh what's oh man, that's this is so bad. Dude, if you're listening right now, you're the the owner. What's his name? CJ. Yeah, CJ. If you're listening, don't feel bad, dude. I forget I forget my fucking family's name half the time. But dude, he's such a cool guy. <laughs> he he's so chill and he like he'll just pop in and say hello and like it's not like he's the owner of this massive company with like a couple hundred people right under him. And he's fairly young too. I'd like he's I, I think he's like 36. Zach. Yeah, I've been talking to Zach about I want to I want to get him on the podcast just because like I want to hear how he started it. Yeah, that would and be everything. awesome. And he, dude, and he ride like he professionally rides like motorcycles and shit on top of it. Yeah, he uh like he races motorcycles, he owns airplanes, like he's an airplane pilot. I don't know if he flies the helicopters too, but he's just like if he wants to do something, he's just gonna do it. This guy's fucking flexing on us, dude. <laughs> just like better than me in every aspect. Damn it. <laughs> But no, I really enjoy. I haven't got the pleasure to work with you yet, but I'm sure that's coming soon. Um, but dude, I I really like coming out there and working. It's like a change of uh, change of scenery for me. And then I just all the all the crews and stuff. Like everybody just gets along. They got a, they got a really good attitude. I really I really like working out there with Laroche. Yeah, I like it a lot. I'm I'm pretty happy to be here. Mm-hmm. So you get to um, you you get the. So, so your manager and he's what? He's like the he's I, my title is employee training and development manager, mm-hmm. and then he has the same title, but he's like the director of the department. Uh, the whole department, though, is just two guys named Zach. So right, right. <laughs> so you go ask one of the Zachs. Type yeah, that's that's pretty much what they say. Like when they're planning jobs now, like I just uh, one of the Zachs. That's so like that's pretty cool actually. <laughs> yeah um yeah so the next question is uh i haven't got the pleasure to climb with you ever how long have you been climbing and how did you get started uh so four years mm-hmm. i've been climbing um i started because i needed a job at the time so let me let me take a step back um i got out of the military and then i had pretty much like no good job skills so I started doing security work at a natural history museum in Cleveland, and I was taking college classes at the same time. And then um, some stuff happened, and I pretty quickly left that security job. But at the time, I was also volunteering at Lakeview Cemetery, doing like tours and stuff. And that's where the Ohio comp is going to be next week. Oh, so I'm pretty you, stoked yeah. about that. Um, so when I was volunteering there, I learned that Davy tree, like had a contract there. Mm -hmm. So when I was looking for a job, I was like, well, I want to, you know, work at the cemetery. So I'll apply to Davy tree. Mm -hmm. And I actually ended up applying for a line clearance job. Cause like I had, I didn't know anything about the tree industry. Right. Um, so my first 
my intro to the industry was line clearance with Davey. Mm-hmm. So I did that for like a year and a half. And then I, I started like seeing residential companies around and like seeing guys doing crane work and following guys on Instagram and YouTube. So I moved over to the residential side and it's been there ever since. Don't even look back. Do you? No, no, I don't think I'll ever clear lines on purpose again. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, it's a very similar start to my start. I, I I also started in line clearance and uh, once I, you know, through the, I did line clearance for a very long time, mm-hmm. probably, probably four, maybe five years of line clearance. But of course, everybody and their brother, the weekend warriors, right? Like they go out and uh, they'll have their own like side jobs on the weekends to do stuff. Yeah. And I was, I was guilty of that too. Yeah. 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 You, you got to, man, you got to hustle and make money. Everybody, you know, get that paper, you know, <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, through that is how i was introduced to like the residential world and i was like i remember like just the one side job and uh he had like contracted a company for my area to like chip the brush and stuff and like they were all out there you know doing their thing and i was just like you know what if i like just did this every day (laughs) instead of line clearance you know and uh from there i just steadily worked towards it got into the residential world and never never looked back if you're listening to this and you work line clearance i feel for you i know your pain but you should you should do residential work instead (laughs) (laughs) it's the best man it just is yeah man that's uh that's like so you worked with davy and got on the line clearance crew and you were with him for how long uh, I did line clearance, I think it was about a year and a half. And then January of 2020 is when I started doing residential work full-time. Damn, man. Right when right when shit started to hit the fan. Yeah, that, it was a weird, weird time. <laughs> I remember at the, uh, the beginning of COVID, it was so weird, right? And I kind of hear the same stories from... So at that time, I had... I had my own business um, back in West Virginia and my employees and stuff, like we didn't, you know, like everybody, we was kind of like hands in the air, like we don't know what the fuck's going on. So, and work at the time was starting to slow down a little bit, obviously, because like it was like the tail end of like winter. And, you know, so I was like, well, let's just take a week because we were very slow. And I was like, we'll just stay, you know, stay home and just like, figure out what's going on like economically and dude i'm telling you it was like not even the week or the week after that that is the most business when as you know being in business that i ever got ever and it was like in conjunction in conjunction i think of like people were staying home like on their quote-unquote lockdown and they were starting to like notice you know all these trees that needed you know their house needed worked on type shit and then on top of it, I had all my repeat customer. I had to give work away, man. It was so much. It was kind of, it was a good problem to have, but it was, I remember it being very overwhelming and I, I felt very grateful because the, I knew a lot of business owners that were like tanking because of the shutdown. But yeah, the, I th- the tree industry seemed very unscathed by the whole. Yeah. I don't, I, we didn't take a single, I think we took one day off Yeah, just to figure out what the rules were and then just kept on grinding that's right it's like you 
that's what's kind of amazing to me is like he's out there climbing all day and then like once we like drove back into town it's like oh the reality of the hellscape we all lived in kicked back yeah. in you know because it's like <laughs> it didn't affect us out there you know it's very strange times yeah we had like we, we try to implement some weird policies like don't knock on the customer's doors or anything mm-hmm. but so it made like customer service weird and like you always get the weirdo customers who want you to wear like four masks when you knock on their door <laughs> right whatever like 10 but, like, but yeah like working outside and like you're just always working with the same people not interacting really with you know outside companies or anything it was just I'm pretty grateful to, you know, be in this industry mm-hmm. during all that. Oh man. It's like, uh, I like, honestly, it, it's, it was the, it was the, I remember like talking to people back home and of course everybody's blue collar where I'm from very, very blue collar area, lots of mechanics and farmers and stuff I'm friends with. And I'm just like, you know, they're always like, how's business? I'm like, actually, it's it's phenomenal. Like, we don't even, and you know, then you of course hear their horror stories of, uh, like they're barely keeping enough on the books. They're thinking they might have to like make their employees, you know, file for unemployment and shit. And it's just like, I'm so glad that I didn't have to. At least I didn't have to go through that. You know what I mean? Like, right. We're very grateful to the tree industry actually kind of <laughs> kind of up the price of tree everything it worked out economically great for the fucking <laughs> tree workers you know <laughs> it's just like storm damage right like <laughs> that's like the worst thing that could ever happen like you tree go through somebody's house but like yeah, that's but it's great, great for great us. for business it's <laughs> right? so good for us that's so fucked up but it's the truth yeah. man i guess it's the same with anything right like not to compare us to like firefighters or anything, but like they don't have a job unless people's houses and shit burn, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so or it's even like, like, like car mechanics. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's why, why we exist, you know, we're here to fix the fucked up problems. Yeah. Everyone, everyone wants to complain about you blocking up the road until it's a tree on their house. Exactly. And then they're like, fuck all the rest of the neighbors block the road. <laughs> Dude, so uh, I seen on Zach's story the other day. You guys got a pretty, uh, pretty crazy removal coming up in that like I forget the name yeah, of the park, that little so village near those cottages. Yeah, and that that'd be a sick job to get like you and mm-hmm. and David Driver out for. That'd be so. Um, I haven't so seen cool. that one. I think he just looked at it yesterday, actually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's pretty well wedged in there. So have, have you been gonna... to that park? no i think you have though Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's dude all the oaks there are like historical oaks they're all beautiful every oak in there is beautiful and like (laughs) he didn't even he like mentioned me in the story about it but i had already like watched his story and i was already midway typing through like (laughs) we like were discussing i was like man i was like drawing pictures and screenshots of the stories like you think we you could like rig it here and then we could set up a trolley system for the wood and he's like that's what i was thinking he's like i was actually just messaging you like trying to talk about it and you were already typing <laughs> i was like so, i don't know man something about those type of projects just really get my gears turning it's yeah that'd be brain. pretty sick mm-hmm. make some sick footage yeah for sure that's something that i i've never really been big on like having my gopro on or anything but coming to laroche like between 
how much Zach puts up and then like just in my position as a trainer, like I'm trying to get a lot better about recording and, you know, producing as much footage as possible. Oh, man. But yeah, that, that seems like a project that would be really great for that. So I, I thought this was a great idea. He kind of stopped that. I don't know if he listens to my podcast, but if he does, Brad May, I'm talking about you. He's a, he's a, he's a friend of mine from, from back home. He works at a tree service. Great, great tree climber. Uh, but I believe he was in charge. I think he runs their crane now, but I think he was in charge of training or something to do with their company. And he was like, uh, uploading. I always, I thought this was a phenomenal idea, but he was uploading, um, like videos on like certain, like he would just choose the topic he wanted to talk about. Right. Like, like you guys, you guys know, everybody's skill set on the residential side, you know, what needs to be learned. And so like, just so he didn't have to like walk these basic concepts over to everybody, he was making mm -hmm. his own video and like <clears throat> directing the employees to go watch that YouTube video of like this basic concept. And then he, he stopped that. But I think that, I think that's such a phenomenal idea uh, it's just easier, right? Like it's just easier than like, it's easier on you. It's, it's like easier on them. Cause they can sit It's you know, they don't feel weird about asking 10 million questions. They can just scrub back through the video and watch it a thousand times if they have to, to like understand how to tie that knot, you know, and then you come back and be like, you watch the video? Here's your test. Show me what you can do from what you've seen. You know, it just seems more streamlined to me in that aspect. Everybody's got these supercomputers in their pockets, like it's not like they're not watching shit on it already. So why not learn how to tie a knot, you know? Yeah, I think that is a great idea, especially like because then anyone can access that information. Like I think I'm like one of the poster children of how good of a tree guy you can be just from like learning stuff from the internet. Right. Like or like even now, like most of what I've learned, I just I'm not good at innovating, but I'm good at picking up stuff from other people right. and figuring out what works. So like well, most of what I know I've in some way gotten from other people off social media. Well, that's, it's like the, that's what's so amazing about social media now, especially in our industry. It seems to have just like taken off in the past, like five years in the tree industry, but like, since it has just in the, you know, the, the, 10 years that I've been doing tree work in that amount of time where social media really kicked off, I have seen such an immense progression in that in this past five years versus the five years prior. And that's because of the information sharing happening between people, because essentially when you look at it, it is, it is, uh, you know, they say there's no replacement for like in-person on the job training. Well, video and under being having a good head on your shoulders and understanding conceptually something is most the battle anyways so really the only thing you're missing by learning stuff off the internet is like being outside and putting it in practice in the moment in front of somebody right and that's that's the only thing really missing everything else with the sharing information across digital media is there you're seeing it happen you're watching them do it there's no difference in them standing in front of you and doing it and you watching them on a camera like it, it's all it's all right there it's doing the same shit in your brain it's activating the same parts you're, you're understanding and you know and a lot of cases like i said uh some people some guys 
I, I've never really been like this, but I've watched over the years and people like people get nervous about asking questions and stuff, you know, like they've, especially if it's a group of guys being taught, um, they almost feel like they don't want to stand out from the crowd or whatever, you know, like they get that weird, like anxiousness about it. So like in a video format, they don't even have to worry about that. They could just watch the video 10 fucking times, you know, right. like just figure it out. If they got a question, just take their little finger and scroll back 10 seconds and <laughs> watch it again. You know? So it's like, that's, a, I think it's a, I think it's a phenomenal thing. Some people, old heads and stuff have, have their opinions on it, but you know, they're on their way out anyways. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's great. And I, and I also like, um, I, I dude, I hope you get into like filming and stuff more. Like there's such an art to like not only doing the work, but then like filming the work and like you start to view trees different. Like you're like, oh man, this would make such a sick angle. Like if I put my GoPro up here or my tripod over here and like, it, it just gives you something else to learn. You know what I mean? Like you learn what looks cool and like what to show people too. It's like, it's a yeah. Like, uh, Zach just finished making that that cannabis video, mm-hmm. which all of your listeners should go watch. Um, yeah, you're totally right. You, they should. But I I helped him film some of that, and even even helping him with that. Like I was looking at like we were talk we talked about it for like two weeks or so, just trying to figure out the right trees and everything. So it's already like I've got those wheels clicking in my head about like seeing certain trees to set up for different. Uh, instructional purposes and so yeah that's i get what yeah, you're saying you're starting to get the itch man I, yeah a little, little bit yeah yeah you're starting to like look at tree back man or like I, I, I see something and i'm like damn like we should we could make a we could use that tree to make a video for like you know like problems with planting trees in urban environments and exactly things like that yes 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 dude cinematography in the tree world needs to be more um more pioneered i mean it's only happening to a certain level but it's inevitable right like with everything for some reason our industry just seems like really slow to catch on you know i guess we're just really slow people yes <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> or maybe we're all just like too hippified to like go with the times but uh you see more and more of it right like as social media catches on and you see reels and posts and people getting creative I'm all about it. I, I I love it. And and like I'm so I don't know if you know this guy or if you follow him, but you definitely should. He's super dope. He's one of my biggest inspirations as far as like the art of filming and stuff in uh especially in arboriculture is uh Wyatt Spruck. Yeah, I've followed him for, for a while. He yeah. took a I think he took a long break off of post and stuff, but he just mm-hmm. I've just seen a big influx of his content recently. So yeah, he, hopefully, he, he just hopefully he's got back. more stuff coming out for sure. So like he has this video he's been working. So I, I talked to him a good bit. He's, he's a really cool dude. Um, and I remember, I can't remember what year it was, right? Cause all these past three years have seemed like one, but <laughs> I, he started, I think it was last year at the beginning of the year, he was like posting like little teasers and stuff, like shots he's got and his shots are fucking phenomenal, but he was like, I'm like, I have a year long project that I'm going to do. I'm going to make a video and like, I was so stoked on it. And like anybody listen to this, if you haven't watched it, go to YouTube, why it's Spruck, like watch his video called, uh, I think it's called uh, a love letter to arbor culture. 
I think it's called, but it's not finished yet. Like you can, if you watch it, there's like blank spots, but he was like, I'm such a perfectionist. Like if I just kept sitting on it, like it wouldn't be seen. So I put it out, but dude, I'm not even overselling this. It is probably the best video out of our industry that I've ever seen in my life. Like every shot, every audio snippet, like everything about it. It's, it's fucking, it's a piece of art. It is a piece of art. And I can't wait to see more people take inspiration from that and just run with it. And like, before you know it, uh, <laughs> my, so my main like motivation, I, when I was a teenager, I used to skateboard a lot. That was, that was basically my whole teenage, you know, everything. It's a, my life was devout to, to skateboarding. Oh. And, uh, in that you have, a lot of things correlate over from the tree climbing world. There's a lot of like gear, you know, like, like we're like gear fiends in the tree world. There's uh you're like that with skateboarding stuff too. And like, then you had the skate videos, right. To like show off the gear and to like for sponsorships or whatever. And that seems to be catching on more. So my main like uh, motivation for like filming and stuff is like, I want people to film their tree work. Like, people have been filming skate videos for the past 40 years you know like i want to watch a tree video and get excited and feel like i have to go climb a tree if that makes sense you know i like that you put it that way because like i grew up skateboarding too and and surfing when i lived in california and everything so Mm -hmm. yeah that's I'm going to have to go watch a bunch of skate videos now and heck yeah man film film a tree video right yeah so like it's like I, dude, I, before I would go skate, I remember I'd like put on whatever skate video, you know, you had like Lakai fully flared is probably my favorite skate video of all time. Uh, dude, I've watched this so many times or Nike SB debacle. And I used to like watch these things before I went out to like skate the streets because it used to like motivate me to like go do that. You know how some people in the gym will watch like, you know, workout videos or get all amped up on something like it's the same thing. Like that needs to happen with tree work. Like we need to do that, like with our cameras, like just create that like excitement and like new shit and people be like, Oh, I want to go try that right now. Like Lawrence Schultz was like King of it for years, man. Especially when I first started, I followed that guy since I've started tree work and like his videos, even from way like 10 years ago or even more were like, just like that. Like you've seen shit and you're like, wow, that's like really cool. I want to go try that. You know, it's, and this is angles and music choice very skate world reminiscent you know it's uh it, that, i don't know something about it man there's like a magic behind it yeah i think the fact that we can all have gopros strapped to the top of our heads now makes that a lot easier it doesn't have to be you know like a professional production it can just be a dude mm-hmm. with a gopro and then you know edit the video on your phone like it's very accessible yes yeah and with the the push of the technology movement and stuff like stuff that we can do like now on our phones that we couldn't five years ago is like phenomenal. Like I'm, I'm a big Adobe boy. So I have like their whole program and like I've used them forever, but like now most of their apps, like they're big apps that like I would have to build my PC for to run. I can now run off my cell phone and it's like, it's just mind blowing to me, man, how easily accessible this stuff is becoming just how much more content and cool artistic viewpoints of the world is going to come out from that. It just excites me. Makes me want to film shit, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 
for sure. Yeah. Um, so I know we talked about it a little bit. So you're you're going to the Ohio chapter comp, right? Yeah, I'm not competing, mm-hmm. but I will be attending just to spectate. It's the cemetery is right down the street from me. Oh heck yeah. Um so and if any, I don't know when you're gonna publish this podcast but if any of your listeners hit me up like while you're there like i'd love to answer questions about the cemetery itself too oh yeah um, i guess I you would to, know you used to work there yeah you, yeah i used to give tours and everything so I lo- that place is awesome like i'm stoked for for everyone who gets to compete there like those trees are amazing and it's just an awesome place i'm, I'm very upset that i didn't sign up sooner i waited too long the the roster was full by the time i went to sign up for it but I, I still haven't, I still don't know for sure. That's like this, not, not this weekend we're in, obviously, but next weekend, right? Yeah, like like seven days, next Saturday. Got you. The, okay. uh, I think June 4th. I, dude, I may be there. I may not. I'm still not a, not a hundred percent. I would love to be there. I, I would just love, I like Ohio a lot. I, I got a lot of friends from Ohio. So, and it's, that's in Cleveland, right? Right. Yeah. I've never, I've never been to Cleveland, so that'd be like a whole new, whole new experience for me. Cleveland's pretty cool. People talk shit about it, but that's uh, Cleveland's that's pretty cool. Kid Cuddy's city, man. <laughs> yeah, and Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, yeah, he's irrelevant. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but so you said like you don't want to compete. Why? Uh, I'm just not competing this year um that's the spirit that's what i like to hear (laughs) yeah with like all the different like right now we're house hunting my wife and i and everything um because i still live in cleveland but then i on weekends i'm in cleveland and then weekdays i'm down at la roche so like we're house hunting and just with the new job and everything like i didn't know what my schedule was going to be like so i didn't want to compete to or I didn't want to commit to competing and training and everything if I didn't know right. what was going on. So in uh, Cleveland from La Roche, that's probably what? That's like uh, over an hour drive, right? It's like two and a half hours. Oh, damn. And you got to drive that every day? No, I, I stay at an Airbnb. Oh, um, yeah, because if, if you book an Airbnb, and this is kind of irrelevant to tree work, but you know, someone might get something out of this. If you book an Airbnb for more than a month, you get like a significant discount, like a 70% discount. So it's actually, it's cheaper for me to live in an Airbnb. um, And then I don't have to worry about like utilities or furniture or anything. I'm just, I'm just living in someone's house for (laughs) like an an indefinite amount of time. That's sick. That's really sick actually. But so you guys are planning to move down closer to La Roche is what you're saying. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to live in Wheeling probably. Got you, got you. Yeah, the, the Wheeling's a Wheeling's a cool place, man. It's uh, it's different. Um, I do like the downtown area. There's a lot of a lot of cool, cool historical looking stuff happening down there. Um, and then so most of the time when I stay up there, I stay in uh, tr- I think it's what's it called, Tridelphia? Is that yeah, Tridelphia? Yeah. So that little like spot there, that's a pretty, it's a pretty cool area. You know, lots of shopping, lots of. Little things to do. Last time I was up there, dude, I spent it sucked, right? Like, because when I come up, I normally come up for like a week. And that week was like 
the shittiest weather like it like <laughs> dumps snow and ice every day so like i think yeah. it's rained at least two days a week every week since i've started at work oh, no. I, I don't get it i don't know if it's the ohio valley or what but you guys are catching non-stop. all that shit right before it hits yeah. the mountain you know that's that's so- yeah because i remember uh i think we only like i can't remember how many days we worked but i remember like the one day i definitely was like there was like there's no way there was so much like snow on the fucking ground zach was just like yeah we're calling it dude like no one's showing up <laughs> like all right no worries we'll just like chill in the hotel <laughs> and then uh the one day we went in it was kind of cool i actually liked this a lot um i think uh who was it uh you guys don't use more bark right you guys use brush bandit right yeah yeah, yeah, we have a lot of bandit chippers. Yeah, I think I think they they were coming. They, yeah, because they were there and they were like basically giving a demo on like the uh whole here, give me one second. My son's yelling for me. Hold on one minute. Sorry about that. Son had no a, had a nightmare. <laughs> he just woke up speaking nonsense. I don't even know what the hell he was saying. He's like, Dad, I can't uh stay in the uh the thing. I was like, it's all right. Go back to sleep. (laughs) That's right. But yeah, so I believe uh, Bandit was there and they were given a demo on the chipper. So that was really cool. I got to learn a lot about the Bandit chippers that I didn't know. Um, The most surprising thing to me actually was about the air filter on chippers. I don't know if you know this. So like all throughout my career, like if there was like downtime or whatever, you like grease the chipper, of course, and like do maintenance and shit. Um, but the air filter specifically, it makes so much sense now that they've like taught this, but we were always taught to like, you know, you take it off. There's, there's like sawdust and shit, you know, chips on it and you just take it and you tap it out. Right. You just like tap it and then you put it back in. They say, yeah. no, don't do that ever. Never, ever. If it's packed full of something, that's it. Take it out, replace the filter. And so both me and Zach and everyone were like, what? Like, <laughs> I, we've worked for years and that, like, this is how the whole industry knows, like, this is how we're all taught. You know, sometimes you even take the leaf blower inside and like blow it out. And they're like, no way. The way that the, the fibers inside of the air filters for them, chippers are, are made that tapping them or blowing them out, it spreads the fibers apart and that'll allow little particles to suck in, you know, into the intake and it could, it could wreck the motor over, over time. They're like, as soon as you see anything, like, leave it in there until you get a replacement. And we're just like, what the fuck? Like, dude, that was, that was mind blowing to me. I'd never. Yeah. I feel like that's something that more people should know. Yeah. Like, dude, I mean, like the chipper's not cheap, you know? So it's like <laughs> these guys out here might have a bad experience with a chipper and they're like, they're blaming like the company bad design, but maybe they're just like, not, maybe they're beating the shit out of their air filters and sucking up a bunch of junk. You know what I mean? Like, yeah now that they like said that i was i was just like that makes so much sense now that somebody's explained it to me but i know for a fact that at least 90 percent of our industry out there are beating these air filters out and blowing them out with leaf blowers i've watched it my entire career like that's just what you did you know like it's it's not because i mean granted those filters are not cheap they're they're pretty they're pretty salty um but yeah like he was so adamant about it too he's like no way like no way like that's like the last thing you should do 
And we're like, what the fuck? You know? Oh, so the point I was getting to with that. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I got I'm like a bit ADD. I go off on tangents a little bit. Um, but yeah, we had a basically after that, after Bandit left or whatever, we took most of the residential guys in and uh basically just did like a training day to where we were we were explaining like uh simplistic to like uh kind of beginner level complex rigging styles and like it's cool because we like zach pulled up his youtube videos and so did i and we were kind of like pausing and showing and like drawing pictures on the whiteboard so people understood and they seemed to be really like taking it in you know especially the the guys that were like you know your everyday bucket operators and stuff that were mm -hmm. you know, out there doing it by themselves they're not like running around with zach or whatever and you know learning that way like they were really soaking up that info so it was really cool it was really cool and i got to plug my youtube in front of the whole company so it was pretty sick <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah yeah no. we we do a lot of that classroom stuff too like on rainy shitty days the other week i gave a class on tree risk assessment and then like i started talking about like wood decay and stuff mm -hmm. i have like they did not care like it was it was a miserable class to give. It was so boring. It was like an hour and a half of me just talking about white <laughs> rot and brown rot. And like I afterwards, I apologized. I was like, "We're never gonna." That's the last time you ever have to hear me talk about that, <laughs> dude. That's where a video will come in clutch, man. Because you could like yeah, for edit sure. it and make it look fucking crazy. But you're talking yeah, about like, like yeah, like yeah. rigging and pruning and chainsaw operation. You could talk about every day, but right, that wakes them up. They're like, "Oh shit!" I'm like, "Oh, watch this," you know. You start talking about like fruiting bodies and stuff. And <laughs> right. No one, no one cares about my seal, my seal networks. <laughs> <laughs> They're all like sleeping. They're like yeah whatever tell me how to cut it <laughs> but yeah man that's like uh it's so cool too because the infrastructure of that entire company la roche is there and it's like as honestly their their best move to bring somebody like zach in i told him this like when i first i was like because like the guys you can tell they're like eager to learn they're like they're like open books right it's like the successful company somehow grew to this size and like, I'm, I've never met any of the line clearance guys, but like on the residential side, it seemed like the, the knowledge was very minimal and like, they were still very successful. And then they brought Zach in and of course he's able to teach what he's able to teach. And then like, he can bring people out and contract. And now they got you there as well to teach. And like these, these guys are so impressionable, right? Like they're just soaking this information up and it's just going to raise the Roche's profit margins by like tenfold man because how they were doing it before was not efficient at all you know so it's like it's the best move they could have made i think so yeah so so like la roche is like i, I don't know the exact numbers but like 80 percent mm -hmm. of our revenue comes from like commercial work mm -hmm. so like line clearance and lot clearance and then there's like an entire like environmental division and like we have a sawmill and stuff Oh, yeah. So like there's there's money coming in from like all over the place and then like because like all that commercial work grew so quickly mm -hmm. the residential guys just kind of got I don't want to say left behind but you know right. they were just like the smaller part of the company with it less wasn't focus as profitable so it's right like, 
Yeah. But there's still like, like a lot of our guys are just like 19 and 20 and 21 years old. It's like those guys are yeah young, impressionable and they're eager. Mm -hmm. If you, if you know how to connect with them and like connect with their learning style, like they want to learn, like everyone wants to make more money, but like people want to be better. Like people want to climb, people want to run the lift. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a really positive environment to be stepping into. Yes. And and like, it's basically turnkey training operation almost like that's, that's kind of how I viewed it is like, they had the entire everything ready. Like they had willing and ready guys with a section of the company that would only benefit from training. You know what I mean? Like it was like, it was built (laughs) for trainers to come in. You know, it's not like they're questioning where the money's going. It was very obvious. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, like there was money there, there's equipment, there's people. We just have to, you know, plus up everyone's skills and, and, you know, unleash them. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Make them competent enough to be able to start producing like that. And then they can train their guys. And then it's just a chain reaction effect. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, it's a very fucking CJ, man. Guy knows what he's doing. (laughs) Yeah. You should, you should, you should get him on this podcast. I'll, I'll put in a good word. That'd be, I would love to be awesome. Dude. He let me, uh, so he, he gave, Zach, his personal 201 to be sent off to be built. And mm-hmm. the one I was up there, like he had just gotten it back. It had like taken a while for him to get it back. And uh I like Zach, Zach had it or whatever. And I'm like, let me use that bitch. And he's like, I don't know, man. CJ saw. He's like, I, you know, whatever. And like when we talked to CJ, I was like, CJ, let me use your saw, dude. And he's like, sure, man, go for it. And Zach was like, wait, really? Like, you cool with that? And he's like, yeah, dude, why not? So I, was like, I get to run his fucking like souped up, <laughs> modded out brand Sick. new top handle all day long. It was, it was dope. No, he's a really like down to earth guy, man. I, I like him a lot. I would love to have him on the podcast. His story, just like everybody else's that's been on here, would be very, very cool. You know, it's just to hear how he built it. I, I've only heard bits and pieces. Like, he, he started the business with like truck and trailer, like, you know, like, yeah, know, he was like, he was start. like 16 when he, right. when he started the company so and now wild. it's this, I don't even know how many multi-million dollar yeah. company. This Mecca of a, of a company and he's out flying planes and fucking racing street <laughs> bikes and shit. Yeah. He ain't even that much older than me. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, dude. Fucking. So like, so you, I, you like it. I take it. You like, you like the, the, the choice you made to go to La Roche. Yeah. This is like my dream job pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why it was super easy for me to, to say yes to Zach's offer. Cause it's right. like, it's on the job training. And then like a big part of my job too, um, is like going out ahead of time. It's like the salesman will plan the work and then I'll mm-hmm. go or me and Zach will go look at the work. And be like, oh, like, well, you know, they said this is a bucket job, but really, like, we could just drop this tree, or it'll be, um, like, from a training perspective, like, we get to see these jobs and think, like, oh, like, this is, like, you know, we got 15 spruces, like, let's bring some new guys out. We can just have everyone spiking up them instead of bringing the the spider lift out. So oh, that's it's the best part. You get to do yeah, like, like, a lot of logistical planning and stuff. Yeah. So I I really enjoy that part. That's 
that's a that's a rewarding part of my job too besides all the training but then like i still get to climb pretty much every day so it's um everything i want to do i'm doing and then like the stuff i don't really want to do i don't have to do it are, are you guys like are you are you guys still hiring for for climbers and stuff yeah i know i know for sure we're hiring for ground people but I know that like, if there's talent out there that wants to come in, like, we're not going to say no. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. People listening again, you heard it was Zach saying when he was like shouting out for people that wanted to get hired, they're still hiring, man. It's, and I can vouch for it too. If, if I wasn't contract climbing, like I, I would be there. And also if it wasn't so far away, I haven't I have my roots down here pretty hard, but uh, dude, La Roche is an amazing place. I love going up there and working with you guys and it's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's a very well-oiled company. It's, it's really good. And you got some dope people there. You got both the Zacks there now, man. Like, (laughs) so, you know, it's, you know, it's sick. And like, uh, every, you know, most people know how Zach Richards is demeanored. He's like a no bullshit type guy. So, also so like if it was it was not a good place to work zach richards would absolutely have not went there in the first place (laughs) that speaks volumes for itself you know but yeah man that's uh that's really cool so you to come back to the competing when do you think that you'll compete i would like to compete in ohio next year for sure yes good so yeah, you, you can quote me on that. You can good. hold me to that one. Good, good. It's recorded right now. Everybody's there we listening go. to it. They're, they're, everybody listening to this is going to hold you accountable to that. Yeah. <laughs> but, dude, I'm telling you, competing is the it's, – it's probably the best thing I ever did in my career was decide to start competing, honestly. It brought a whole new – breath of life to what tree climbing can be for me like as far as like you know uh coming from my small town there's been many times in my career where like you learn from somebody and then you feel like you've got to that point and then you're like in this weird lull weird lull stage where you know you feel like you're not really taking in a lot or learning or then you get like an ego and think you're like the shit you know (laughs) you think you're fucking awesome and then somebody will show up and but dude i didn't i thought i was good at like climbing until i went to my first competition and really really like soaked in and see i kind of had an idea but i didn't really know until i went to my first competition and saw what was out there as far as climbers and like I came home that night extremely humbled. <laughs> I was like, I'm Just not a shit, old serving of humble pie. Yeah, I was like, I ain't fucking shit. I ain't nothing in comparison to that. But in that, if you don't, the, the, the thing with our our line of work is it's a very very tough job. It's a very uh, even though there's tons of females, it's a very masculine and male ego driven industry. And in that case, there is a lot of big fucking egos. <laughs> this industry it just exists. And if you let that ego get too big, 
you will see you will be like locked into where you're at but if you let go of that ego you will be great like some of the best climbers in the world are some of the most humble people you ever meet us because they realize that like in our industry you can never stop learning like to the day you die you could do this shit 24 hours that you won't know everything ever everything's constantly changing there's somebody out there that's better you know at something and like there's always something to train on so like going to competitions it was like an ego death <laughs> for me and it like made me hungry to like want to learn more and like it's it's brought me tons of most of my best friends are from that you know like it's genuinely the the best thing i can if i could advise any climber to do anything if you haven't competed go compete and don't like worry about you know winning or losing that's not what it's about eventually it will be about that but in the beginning it's about like soaking up that information because everybody it's a, it's a group full of like-minded individuals coming together to like show off their skill and you will inevitably learn something like from yeah. that. just just from like two well, days you know what would you say to someone who's like super turned off by the whole comp scene just because they've already decided in their heads that like they're terrible and they're going to come, you know, in last place, like, you know, what would you say to someone to get them like to come get on board motivated? with competing? Yeah. It's a good question. Um, I would say that even if they didn't expect to come in last place, that you should show up with the expectation that you will come in last place you probably won't i mean there's always like dude i've watched guys that are that have competed for years and you're just having an off day dude and like sometimes you'll just get dq'd like three times you know for dropping a handsaw or breaking a limb or something stupid might happen but at the end of the event it's all about the scores right so i've watched guys that's competed for years come in close to last place just because they had a shitty day and so i i i, I get the worried about like you, you suck, you know, you suck at climbing. I dude, I, I've been there. And even after the competitions, I've been there, but like, don't focus on that. I would say to look at it as when you show up to that competition, it's very hard to do. Right. And I still get butterflies. I was talking to, talking to this to my good friend, Jason, the other day, where like, I'm at the point now where at, when I go to a comp, I know most of the people there, a lot of them are my really close friends and we're all having a good time. Um, but still something about when you walk into the ring of an event, I still get crazy nervous. Like I still get ridiculous butterflies and, and like, I kind of like tense up or start getting like, you know, talking fast or whatever. And like, I come out of, I came out of that the last competition. I told my friend Jason, I was, there, I was like, dude, I don't understand. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, and he was like, man, he's like, I'm telling you, he's like, it's, it's a bit of ego. He said, it's uh, you're being, you feel like you're being judged by your peers, which you are. You're literally like putting your skills on the play and on display to be judged by your peers um, for that. But in that we both discussed and we found that like your only competition in that competition is yourself. And just to expect that don't like think that you're going to go there and win first place. You're not like, you're just not, but if you improve, if you do like the same competition and you improve from last year, that's fucking awesome because the next year you're going to do better and do better. And from there you can like, and you'll be able to take 
you'll be able to see a difference at work, like, and how you're starting to like work trees. You will only improve by like competing. It's not about winning. It's about learning. It's like a discipline, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. That's basically what competing is. It's, it's kind of gained a bad rep. Uh, I talked about this in my last podcast. Um, there seems to be this weird divide, right? There's like the tree guys, quote unquote, tree guys, whatever the fuck that means. And then there's the competition climbers, whatever the fuck that means. You know, at the end of the day, we're all fucking dudes and we just climb trees. And there, there are some arrogant bastards out there. That's kind of like put a sour taste in people's mouth, but it's like, it's just like going to the gym for the first time, man, to like work out. Like you're, you're going to, you feel like everybody's judging you or you don't want to like stand out. But then once you do it so long, you realize nobody gave a fuck (laughs) what you were doing in the gym. And like, now you're there just for yourself. That is the best like analogy I can come up with about competition climbing. Like no, no one gives a fuck. Everybody that's competing is like just focusing on themselves and trying to like perform their best. You know what I mean? Like no one, no one's really judging you. Even if you do fuck up, it doesn't matter. People are going to forget like the next day because they're going to be training for the next competition, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I, when I wrestled in high school, like you would go to these big tournaments where there'd be like, like 15 other schools and you'd have like a thousand people wrestling. Um, And like, you might only wrestle like three or four matches, but there would be like hundreds of matches all day. And like, you don't really pay attention to anyone else's match. But then when it's, when you're on the mat, it's like, it's like, it feels like you're at the Olympics. Like it's the most important thing. The, the most, like the most important five minutes of your life, but like no one really cares, but it just feels like right. Thousands like of eyes are on you. you and- That's right. So I, I learned this technique in college. Uh, the short time that I went, I had a, I had a, uh, I don't remember what the class is called. Essentially the class was for like public speaking and giving speeches and stuff. Yeah, I love public speaking class. Oh, it, honestly, it was my it was probably one of my favorite classes. And there was like tricks that that I learned in there because I, I'm regardless of me like doing this uh very belligerent podcast and you know, I'm kind of loud in person. <laughs> I'm I'm very introverted. I'm a very introverted person. Like it it drains me to be around a lot of people for too, you know, I'm like the classic case of an introvert. Uh, but with the public speaking and stuff that was necessary for me to learn and tricks like, um, you know, cause we've all been in the crowd while somebody's speaking before inevitably everybody has, everybody's been in a crowd while somebody's standing up speaking and we've all been on the stage trying to do something in front of a bunch of people. And the, the perception of both is so totally different when you're in a crowd, you don't really give a fuck you know, unless the person's speaking something really good, but then you're just listening at that point. But when you're talking and you're performing, you feel like every single eyeball on you is like judging every breath that's coming out of your mouth. And like the best way that the, the, what I learned in college, essentially it's very simplistic, but it's like when you're speaking to a big crowd, you pick like what the one face out of the crowd. I'm sure you've heard about that. Mm-hmm. And like you talk to that person because it's a lot easier to talk to one person than it is a thousand people. And then like to to make it seem like you're not singling somebody out, you just pick somebody else out in the crowd and you, you like read their body language. And that's also how you get a feel for how your words are hitting is just by focusing on one person at a time. And 
making friends at competitions and stuff is very similar. Like, of course, my Patrick Fitch, the boy, one of my best fucking friends. <laughs> and when he's at a competition, it's always funny because we're always ragging on each other while we're like doing our runs. And it's it's good. You know what I mean? Like it sounds like we're busting each other. To outside sources, it probably sounds like we're being like dickheads. But <laughs> in reality, when I'm up in the tree and I can hear him like busting jokes on me, it takes me out of that. It's it's almost the same concept of finding that one person in the crowd. It's like, I feel now like I'm at work with Patrick and he's fucking with me, you know, and like it shakes those nerves off. And I may, I've, I've found that I'm able to perform much better uh, when I have somebody there that I'm friends with and they're like communicating with me outside the ring, you know, cause now, now it feels like a work day. It doesn't feel like I'm, I got 10,000 eyes on me or whatever, you know, but yeah, it's a little, little trick, little, little trick is like find a buddy at a competition and bust his balls while he's doing his run and tell him to do the same to you. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you lose those nerves very quickly. Uh, the last one, um, the mid Atlantic chapter comp is very funny. Uh, Patrick, I'm going to bust on Patrick for a minute. So when he was going for his like landing, right? Like the bullseye landing, Mm-hmm. something happened I, I he had like a deflection in his rope and when he went to jump for it like he tried his damnedest but dude he like slid in like he was sliding in the home plate he missed the target and he got up and he was like oh he kept telling me he's like hey, you got, i was of course laughing at him while it was happening <laughs> but he got out and he's like i'm telling you he's like there's a weird like bend up there you're going to catch it you won't make it and then like, <laughs> so i got like i was like one of the last people to run that work climb and i got down there and like I, he was standing right there, like in front of the target. He's like, "Oh, okay, big." Because I was like talking shit. I was like, "It doesn't look that bad." I was like, "Whatever, dude." Like, <laughs> and he's standing there, like, oh, "Okay, big boy, let's see you hit the fucking target." And like, I jumped off and I nailed it. I fucking landed right <laughs> on it, and I immediately unclipped and turned around and looked. I was like, and everybody laughed, but I was like, "What was so fucking hard about that?" Like. <laughs> talking all this shit but just having that banter man like that it takes the nerves out you know it's good it's a good was that the picture you just put on instagram today yeah that bullseye shot yes exactly yep Mm -hmm. yes the picture after that is me unclipping and turning around with my hands up at patrick (laughs) like what what was so fucking hard about that (laughs) yeah it's a good time man yeah that's enough of me ranting about fucking competing, man. I'm telling you, compete. You got to. You'll love it. I'm you all won't about regret it. it. You won't regret it ever. You will leave there so like energetically charged and like thinking about the next one. Like it, it's the best. It is it is a bug and an addiction for sure. It's like it's just fun. It's just all good fun. And you get to drink with all your buddies afterwards, and that's even more fun. You know, there we go. <laughs> yeah, fucking, yeah, man. Uh, do you want to like? You want to? Is your Instagram? Your Instagram's not like set on private, is it? No, it's public. Okay, good. Yeah, okay. it's uh, it's at tree underscore pirate. So if you just do tree pirate, it'll probably pop up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, you're fucking. I can't wait to get out there and work, work with you. I'm hoping to get out there on that Oak project you guys got coming up. Yeah, that'll be a, a big thing. So that'd be awesome to have, have mm-hmm. a lot of people out there. 
yeah so i guess they're gonna try to like see about we're kind of talking about it i don't know if i'm supposed to be talking about this but i'm going to talk about it because i don't fucking care but (laughs) they were thinking about like he's going to try to get the crane in yeah i think we would have to drop all the wires that are right there or else there there wouldn't be any sort of drop zone right yeah these wires are like crazy and then even from the lower side i don't think he's able to to get in on that side of it either but he said he's going to try he's going to get uh scotty out there and look at it and uh like he's going to exhaust that option first because obviously that would be the most efficient way to do it right but then i was like yeah but dude if not (laughs) i'm ready i'm ready to do this tree i'm so like i love those type of projects man there's like real tight area fucking rigging it's good man it's good shit yeah it's good for like you know people like like we would be doing the work but having other people see us do it like new ground guys or like even the salesmen like we have a training, like we have a salesman who's in training and everything. So like him getting to see us do all this high level shit, like that just helps us in the long run too. Oh, I'm sure it would like give him much more confidence as well to be able to sell work and stuff. I, I've always thought that that would be like really useful to a salesman who's like selling work. And if he has like an incompetent crew, then like that's got to be stressful on the salesman. You know what I mean? Like, cause their their commission, their their salary, everything is dictated from that sale. And if the guy's fucked up, they're the first line of defense. Yeah, you, know? you well, you can't sell work if if you can't do it. Exactly. And if the guys go there and they fucking break something, management's gonna come back to the salesman that sold the job, and the homeowner's gonna come at the salesman that sold the job. You know what I mean? That's gotta to see like a competent crew has got to be like such a breath of fresh air for a salesman yeah for sure dude uh how long have we been talking i feel like we've been talking for a while even though my my thing won't tell me the time yeah Yeah. like an hour hour oh perfect well dude let's let's wrap this up you you want to you want to shout out anything you want to fucking plug anything uh just just my instagram is the only social i'm on anymore and that's that's tree pirate fucking go follow the tree pirate man this guy's dope he's working with some some dope dudes as well yeah and if you're not following you know you levi or or zach or you can also follow laroche now um they're trying to post that instagram yeah one of the it guys runs it and that's i think it's just at laroche tree service but they're trying to get a lot better about posting our contents like pretty much everything they post is stuff that zach and i made Mm -hmm. or like the the guys out doing line clearance so oh that's pretty sick actually i'm I'm gonna follow that page actually but so do you have uh can people like hit they can they obviously can they hit zach up too but can they hit you up uh if they're like interested in a job can they like yeah for sure Fucking DM this boy if you're looking for a new job, man. Out out in Wheeling, uh, they're they're fucking killing it out there. I can I can 100% vouch for it as well. They're 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 doing great things out there. Fucking yeah, it's an awesome company, and we're doing nothing but growing and bringing in more talent. So we mm-hmm. can always use more. Yeah, dude. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. I'm I'm excited to. I was excited to have you on. Also, yeah, thanks for having me. Also. Uh, what is her name is Emily Emily yeah you know Emily yeah Emily's a cool chick man I, I met her at the the southern southern chapter 
ISA competition. She's, she's, she's a very, very cool individual. She liked my, uh, uh, she was like uh, on throw line. She was like mm-hmm. one of the, one of the techs on throw line. And of course I was there being me and yelling out belligerent and dirty jokes and she liked it. And that's how we became friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's, there's that, but no, she's, she's very cool. And uh, it was pretty cool because like me and Zach was talking and I was like, dude, like I should have him on the podcast. And then, then she was like talking to me and she's like, I was like, yeah, I should have him on the podcast. She's like, yo, I was just like thinking that the other day, like, it'd be really cool to have him on. So it was like, it worked out perfectly, man. Here you are. You should have her on too. And I, I know she'll listen to this, but, but she does a lot of pretty interesting things in our boar culture too. So well, good. that'd be another good guess. Yes. I'd love to have her on. And she does that. Um, she does that not to spoil the episode for it happens, but she does that. I don't even know what the fuck it's called, dude. It's the, uh, where you like dance from ribbons and shit in the sky. It, like, yeah. Aerial silks. Oh, that's so sick. Like circus stuff. Yeah. 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 Dude. I wish I could do that. I'd be such a better tree climber. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah. It's so cool looking though, man. Like I've seen some of her posts and stuff and I'm like, what a, what a cool, like, like it makes me wonder what the fuck I'm doing with my life. Cause I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't even so know. Cool. I wouldn't even know like what to do with my body. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my, my hobby is like, of course I film stuff, but then my real hobby is tree climbing as well. And she's got like this cool ass fucking acrobat spinning in the air type shit. And I'm just like, that's sick as fuck. That's <laughs> so cool, man. I need to learn like a martial art or something, you know, <laughs> fucking read more books or something. Yeah. But hell yeah, man. It was good to have you on. And um, I'm probably, I'm probably just going to post this tomorrow. So uh, you'll see it. Uh, of course, I'll tag you and post everywhere like i do just spam people's fucking feed with here's my podcast you know yeah dude hopefully we get to work together soon oh and i did if people have made it to the end of this episode then they they deserve to hear this kind of what i was telling you before we started recording about the t-shirts so i'm still working on the t-shirts i have not (laughs) i'm just like i said i'm just fucking busy but i have this super cool t-shirt design i've consigned an artist to do the other three i've designed myself but this one was special and i didn't want to fuck it up um if you know what rat fink is uh then you're 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 going to be excited because like since i was a kid i've been a big fan of that and it's going to be very rat fink styled so just just keep an eye out it should be i'm not going to promise a time but like i'm going to give up spitball probably within the next week or two Probably going to be dropping links to to t-shirts. If you guys want to fucking buy those, that would, that would help out a lot. Uh, Of course, I don't like, I don't need to make money off this, but that would incentivize me to do more of this and develop more of my time to it. And also uh, I want people to wear cool shit as well. Who doesn't like a sick ass t-shirt with like some cool art on it. So like, yeah, there's that there's, there's my plug. (laughs) <laughs> the t-shirts are coming they're gonna be sick but yeah but yeah dude thanks for uh thanks thanks for coming on and uh yeah tell the people bye man yeah for sure talk to you soon yeah so i hope you enjoyed that um uh zach is a really cool guy and especially after this episode getting to know him a little bit better can't wait to get out there and climb with him uh 
like we said already, you can go follow him on Instagram. Uh, he's the tree pirate. That's at tree underscore pirate. And uh, just like always, you can follow me on Instagram. That's at tree by at underscore T R E E V I. Um, and keep up to date when I'm uploading these, or you can just like whatever platform you're listening to, you can just uh, like follow this podcast. That'd be sick. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, give it a rating. That that seems to be helping. Um, kind of navigating, learning my way through this whole podcast scene. And uh, yeah, thanks, Zach, for uh, coming on. Can't wait to have you on soon, man. Uh, appreciate it and hope you enjoyed. <laughs>